1: Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you a joke. Okay, while they're getting the pulpit for me. Um, I found this joke and I thought it was hilarious. Um, A priest and a minister and a rabbi want to see who's the best at his job. So each one goes into the woods and finds a bear and attempts to convert it. That's not the funny part. Uh, Anyway. Later, they all got together and the priest began, When I found the bear, I read to him from the catechism and sprinkled him with holy water, and next week is his first communion. (laughs) Well, I found a bear by the stream, said the minister, and preached God's holy word. And the bear was so mesmerized that he let me baptize him. They both looked down at the rabbi who was lying on a gurney in a body cast. (laughs) Looking back, he says, Maybe I shouldn't have started with circumcision. I thought that was funny. <laughs> anyway, this morning my message is entitled, Flip the Switch. And you'll be seeing that happen a lot as I go along. And um, basically, I want to talk to you. Uh, how many know the Bible says that we're light? That we're, we're the light of the world, right? And when you talk about light, you know, if you walk into a dark room, all you have to do to turn the room from darkness to light is flip a switch. And, you know, there's no power in darkness. You know, it doesn't require anything for it to be dark in this room without the lights on. And But when you turn the lights on, the light switches are connected and wired to some, pow- some power within the building, a power grid of some sort, and then that is wired to power lines outside of the building to the power source and so in order for us to have light in this building and for us to, all you do is flip the switch from and it goes from dark to light and but it's connected the the light is connected to power and the light cannot work if it's not connected to power. It has to be connected to the power source. And so what I want to talk to you is about us and how, as we go through our daily lives, every day we are either operating in darkness or we are operating in light. And if we find ourselves saying or doing or thinking things that are really in darkness or things that are not right, then all we have to do is flip the switch and we can transfer from the darkness to the light by what we do, what we think, what we say. And so, but we have to know the power source, and we have to be involved with the power source. And so this is really, really important, because, you know, it will make a difference of what your life will be like. Now, everybody in this room, if you're married, I'm going to use marriage as an example, when you are married, you have lots of opportunities on a regular basis to walk in darkness or in light in your marriage. In other words, when you are married, you have, you can, you will say You will think, say, and do things towards your spouse that are either going to bring light into your marriage, or you're going to enhance your marriage, bless your marriage, make it a good marriage, or you're going to think, do, and say things that are going to do the opposite and are going to slowly tear it apart. And, you know, we all have this situation in our lives where whatever relationships, maybe you're not married, but you have relationships with your parents or with others, with friends, but every every, every relationship requires work and it requires us to say and do things that will bless that relationship and make it better. Now, I'm going to I'm going to get to tell on Pastor Rick a bit because he does this when I'm not here. So I'm going to take the opportunities, he, by the way, he's in Toronto City Church, and uh, he's speaking there this morning, and so I'm here on my own, which you probably noticed by now, and uh, so I'm going to get to kind of tell on him a little bit, maybe even tell on myself a little bit, but you know, I'm going to speak to the woman for a minute, and I know the men really like this in the first service, but you know, as women, we tend to like things a certain way, and we can be very critical of our husbands at times. And I know I'm married to somebody that loves to do laundry. I know, that might surprise you, but my husband loves to do laundry. And even when I don't want him to do laundry. And um, anyway, he loves loves things, he loves to do, he just likes to help, and he loves to clean and, and do things like that. But the problem with that is he doesn't like to do those things the way I like them done and and so at times i have found myself rather than appreciating what he's done being critical of what he's done because he can spend like if i go away and i come home i'll come home to a really clean house and he'll have everything done everything nice but there'll be certain things that weren't done according to the way i would like it done and my flesh wants to pick up on what he didn't do right, and criticize that. And there has been times where I have noticed what he didn't do. I'll give you an example of what he doesn't do right. Um, (laughs) He can clean the whole kitchen. But what he does after he cleans the kitchen is he takes the dish towel, and he throws it in the middle of the counter in a big heap and leaves it. Which kind of makes it look messy, right? And so, but he consistently does this. Like, I don't know why. We've talked about it many times. <laughs> but he still does it. And, um, and so, when I see that rag on the countertop, something always rises up in me. <laughs> Where I want to say something negative about the fact that that rag is in the middle of the countertop. But that is where I'm learning, and I'm still learning, <laughs> to flip the switch. And instead of looking at the dish towel that's in a crumpled heap in the middle of the counter and looks, makes the whole kitchen look a mess, even though it's clean, I focus on that. But when I flip the switch, I focus on the rest of the kitchen. And I begin to give appreciation for what he did right rather than what he did. I know this is a simple illustration, but in many marriages it is those little things that we get upset about and allow the enemy in to our marriage and and really show discontent towards one another because things aren't up to our specifications. And you know, it's that way in our lives with our children. You know, there's a lot of things, you know, children are a blessing. I mean, I've met many people that were praying and praying for God to bless them with children. Then when they got children, they wondered why they had them. And, um, or you know, they have a few kids and they really wanted kids, but then the stress of raising kids is, is a lot of work and there's a lot of sacrifice and kids are messy, kids aren't always obedient, kids cost you time, they cost you money, you have to sacrifice things to have kids. And so often people will focus on the negative things about their kids, rather than on the blessings of having children and being grateful and thankful for them. And children will grow up in the environment of of the words that are spoken over them and the attitude that is projected towards them as they're being raised. And that makes a huge difference. If we're always yelling and screaming and making them feel like they're in the way and that they are pain and the you know what, and um, you know, we're constantly focusing on what they do wrong, and even as they get older, we're more prone to do that because it's scary. There's a scary world out there, and so we often get fear-based, and we end up being in a panic about everything, and, and rather than encourage them, we, you know, we're discouraging them, and we're, we're putting, uh, just, we're acting in fear, and we're reacting to things rather than being a blessing to them, and so that's where we need to learn to flip the switch, And we have to learn to trust God in every situation. We have to learn to trust God with our children, with our our marriages, with the people God's put in our lives in whatever capacity. It's so easy to react. It's so easy to get negative and to get critical and to condemn or, or, you know, point the finger and and see what's wrong with people rather than to see what's right about them and to encourage and be thankful and grateful for them. And that's when we need to learn to flip the switch. And Des and Kim and the drama team, are going to do a skit on what happens when you don't flip the switch, when you should.
0: Okay, I went out and I bought this switch because I think it's really important that we try to implement all the things that we learned in church today, okay? So this switch is going to represent, like, our attitude, all right? So we are going to flip it when we're, well, before we lose control, all right? So I'm gonna set up a scenario. Andrea, you're gonna go first. All right, here's your scenario. Um, You come home from work, you're tired, you're exhausted. Your husband comes home from work and he announces his arrival with the simple question. What's for dinner? Right, what's for dinner? Typical, right? Yeah. But you're not gonna have the typical response, are you? No. No, because you have the switch and you're gonna flip it. Well, dear, you see, I'm just getting home from work too. I haven't thought about what's for dinner. But you gotta flip How in the heck am I supposed to know what's for dinner? No, but you need to flip I had a hard day at work, but you wouldn't know that, would you? You, you don't care. You have no clue, no clue at all, because all you care about is yourself. Well, go feed yourself, because I don't know what's for dinner. Oh. OK. Right, that was a really good effort, but you need to um, think. You. you need to flip the switch before you talk to him. Um, <laughs> yeah, just can before. I try again? Um, well, let's give Brad a try. Oh, okay. okay, all right, Brad. Okay, here's your scenario. Your kids come home from school. They drop their bags on the floor. They drop their coats on the floor, and they kick their shoes across the floor.
2: I got four kids. That's the story of my life.
0: Right. But this time, the story is going to be different. Uh, how's that? Because you have the switch and you have the power to flip it.
2: Oh, um, y- you know what? I'm, I- I'm not gonna flip the switch. No. Why? Uh, Why? You know what? If I flip this switch, I become soft. You know what? My kids, they need to learn discipline. Okay. They need to learn respect. Okay. And if I flip this switch, I don't want to be soft, and how would they turn out to be?
0: Okay, Brad. Well, Why don't you think about how they are right now?
2: Oh, no, you didn't. You did not go there. These are my kids, and I will deal with them how I please, because I'm their father, not you. Okay. This is my house. These are my rules. And if you don't like it, and you don't like it, or you don't like it, you can leave! (laughs)
1: This is not turning out, way. All
0: right, Bradley, listen. Here, take a seat. The switch, the switch is for you, okay? It's here to help you. You see why you need to flip it? You see?
2: You not just here. What came out of my mouth? I'm not gonna flip
0: the switch. Your choice. Bad choice. His choice. Whatever.
2: I got this. Uh, I got this neighbor, Jim, and he has a dog. And every time I'm walking around in my own yard, I'm stepping in poop. Oh. And I don't have a dog. So so instead of scooping up the poop and and smearing it all over Jim's window, oh. I I I flip the switch? Yeah. Switch. I flipped the you. switch! you. got it. He has it. Good job. And I calmly walk over to Jim's house. Without the poop. Poop free at this point. do yep. no poop. <laughs> and I say, Jim, I want to enjoy my backyard as much as you enjoy your dog. You know what I'm saying, Jim?
0: Okay. Okay. Wait a minute. Okay. So. I think you need to flip the switch again, like maybe just before you ring the doorbell, because it's not what we say, it's how we say it. And that came across a little threatening, right, guys? Oh. Yeah, that, that yeah. scared me, I, scared I me a little bit. Yeah, that was kind
2: oh. threatening. Oh, so like I can flip the switch again?
0: Yes, you can flip the switch again. As oh. many times as you need to make that attitude adjustment, okay. you just flip it.
2: But then the next day, mm-hmm. I see Jim walking his dog in front of my house. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. It's OK. He's no, got it. And He's his dog pees on my lawn.
0: OK.
2: And that's that's when I flip the switch, right? Yes, you flip the switch
0: again. Good Yeah, like
2: instead of like me whizzing on his lawn, right?
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. you don't, you
2: don't want to do that. You know, you could probably
0: just wash your lawn off yeah, and then no, go and no, talk no, to yeah, him about
2: it. that doesn't work. That and, doesn't... And, the, and then no, he does it doesn't. again. Oh. And he does it again. And again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again. Then I forget to flip the switch. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I staple it to his forehead. Because I realize <laughs> he's the one that needs the attitude change. Because he's the one disrespecting other people's property. Nice. And you know, if he has trouble flipping the switch, I'll flip it for him. You know what? I, I
0: need one of those switches for my kids. No. And I need one for my husband. Oh, no.
2: This is a great gift idea. My mother-in-law needs a switch. You know, no, wait, we should all have two switches. Stop! So, no, so if just we,
0: stop! If one breaks I down, st- then we can have an extra. Stop! Ex- stop. <laughs> stop! Gosh, people! Come on! Pull yourself together. The the switch is for us, okay? The switch is for us because we're the ones in charge of our own attitudes. It's for us to be better people, okay? You can't run around blaming others for your your reactions, and you certainly can't justify your reactions just because you think you're the king of the castle. Do you understand what I'm saying? Flip the switch, Bradley, okay? We all need to flip the switch it doesn't matter how liberal our christian friends are it doesn't matter how biased the media is it doesn't matter if we think the world is going to hell in a handbasket. it just doesn't matter because we're the ones that are supposed to be in control and we need to change our stinking attitude and we can do it if we just flip the stupid switch oh
1: um is
0: that before or after we freak out
2: Kim needs that switch. Uh, You want? You want to try that again? That would be before.
0: Thank you. We all can change because we all need the switch, and we all need to have better attitudes. And that's why I think we need to practice. Here, I'm going for
2: a walk. (sighs) People has those switches.
1: Flipping the switch isn't always easy. But we need to be working on it in our relationships because we all deal with stuff. And we're going to get out of our relationships what we put into them, right? And uh, the Bible says, uh, you know, we are the light. And in God, there is no darkness at all. How many are in Christ, right? And so because we are in Christ, we are to be different. First Peter 2.9 says, but you are not like that for you are a chosen people. You are chosen by God. You're a royal priest, a holy nation. You're God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So we can either walk in darkness, we can either operate in darkness, or we can operate in light and do what God has called us to do. That's why we need to know how to flip the switch. We need to be able to Plug in to the power source of, the, of God and he will give you the ability and the strength to do what you cannot do on your own. You know, we all complain about all kinds of things. It's so easy and takes no power to complain. It takes no effort whatsoever to complain. Because complaining is part of the darkness, part of our old nature, our flesh. And so it's easy to complain about the weather. It's easy to complain about, you know, the government. It's easy to complain about our jobs, our bosses, our, even our church, our children, our husbands. We, we all tend to want to go there to complain and be negative and have negative attitudes towards everything. And yet God is saying we're better than that. We've been called to something higher than that. We've been called to live in light and to overcome and to not speak words that tear down and discourage and 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 bring darkness into situations or no hope. You know, do you ever say things that you wish you didn't say? You know, or maybe you don't speak up when you should. You know, maybe God's telling you to say something in a situation. You know, and we all have things that we say and do that we shouldn't. Matthew 12, to 37 says this. A tree is identified by its fruit. A good tree will, ha- will have good fruit. How many know that? If a tree's good, it's going to have good fruit. And a tree that is bad, its fruit will be bad. bad. You brood of snakes. Jesus is talking to the hypocrites, the Pharisees there. He says, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Just think about that. The words you say. We'll either acquit you or condemn you. I choose who or what I give my heart to. You see, when we find ourselves speaking negative words, and when we think negative things, or say and do negative things, and criticizing, complaining, that means there's something wrong with our heart. That shows that we're discontent, that we're not plugged into the love of God, that we're not flowing in the love of God. It shows that we've got other things in our lives that we put before God. Usually it's idolatry where other things have crept in and they're more important to us than doing the will of God and being the light of the world. And so we allow what people think, we allow different things in our lives to come in and to, to take over and not be who God has called us to be. And so we start doing things that we shouldn't do. Are saying things that we shouldn't say. They actually said they've actually done these tests where they take. Two plants, and they put them in two different environments. One plant is an environment where good things are spoken over it, where the people around it just say what a beautiful plant it is, how they love it, and how they care about it, and all this stuff. And the other plant is put in an environment where it's torn down and say how ugly and horrible it is and all these negative things. And they find that the plant that is, the, the two plants, the one that's being spoken good over, thrives and does well. Where the one that is being criticized and put down all the time shrivels up and begins to die. And one of the biggest areas that we have a problem with, and this is really where we need to start, is on our ourselves. Because we all have negative self-talk that we deal with. All people, all human beings struggle with certain things, like inferiority or insecurity, low self-esteem, f- thoughts of failure, thoughts of not doing things right. And oftentimes, because we are criticized, and things are spoken over us that are negative. And, and so we end up listening to those voices in our heads that constantly... Tell us how we don't measure up and how we're not good enough or how we failed at this and why try and you know what's the difference? It won't make a difference anyway. And we we hear these things, right? These voices come at us all the time. But if you're not plugged into the power source of God and know what God's word says about you and know who you are in Christ, know that you're a child of God, know that God has something greater for you, and that yes, this world is a series of trials and tests, but God will bring us from glory to glory. And And we can be overcomers and we can become like him and end up inheriting his kingdom and and living in in the world after this world without all the stuff, all the negative things in this world. And you know what? But it's a daily fight that we have to to do battle on. And that's why it's so important that we learn to flip the switch. Now, I'm going to call Norma up here now and we're going to demonstrate this. But, you know, in all of us, before we got saved, we had what we called our old nature or our old man. And we all still have that old man that tries to hang around. You know, that old person that's not acting and renewed in in our minds or acting like Christ. And so because of the old man, you know, we sometimes listen to that old man. We listen to what the enemy has to say and we pick that up and we begin to take that and identify it identify with it rather than identifying with who we should be now, who God has called us to be. And so I'm going to demonstrate this with Norma, and I'm going to play the devil's advocate here because this, this negative self-talk is crucial. We need to get victory over it, but you have to learn to flip the switch when you're in a negative vein of thinking. And so Norma, you know that your, um, your life is just a waste of time. You know, you don't do anything right. Nobody's happy with you. Nobody really likes you. You know, you're always just a failure to everyone. You know, you think that people care, but they really don't care. They really don't care what you do, and and they are just... Uh, Looking at you, like, look at her, look at, she's a mess. She's, what has she accomplished in her life? You know, you're just a failure. You might as well give up and quit. You don't have anybody in your life that really loves you or really cares. And you, you, you failed at everything you put your hand to. And, and you're just a loser. And you know that. You know that you're a loser. So you might as well just quit. You might as well give up. Why try? You know, it doesn't work. You might as well just end it. Your life is a mess. You're a mess. So you might as well just end it, Norma. But Norma has learned to flip the switch. Devil, you're a liar. (laughs) God has overcome my
0: life. I am one of his precious daughters. He has redeemed me by the precious blood of the Lamb. I no longer listen to you, devil. I listen to God. He has not given me a spirit of fear, but he has given me the spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. I will have victory. God has a plan and a purpose for my life. I know that I am truly loved. And devil, you have no authority in my life. You are under my feet. I am not a quitter. I am a conqueror.
1: Amen. Amen. Come here. Amen. Norma's one of our graduates from the Life Center. And um, And she's actually going to be sharing her testimony at the gala. But she made many, many suicide attempts on her life, very serious ones, and uh, even had many shock treatments and so on. And nobody could help her, but guess who could help her? And uh, so she has, uh, God has just done a major, major transformation in her life. And so this was very real to her, what we did just now. That was her life before. And so thank God for what God has done in her life. And she's a conqueror. Amen? Amen. God bless. And I will say this about Norma because I want to kind of undo a little bit of what I said. Um, (laughs) She is a joy to be around. She does have an amazing sense of humor and she just has a heart of gold and she's a brilliant woman. She's very, very intelligent, very smart, very gifted and a real blessing to us. She works at the Life Center and she's giving back and we're so grateful for her and all that she is doing and what God has done in her life and so she's she's an amazing woman and God has uh, done amazing things in her life. So we need to know how to flip the switch. And, we need, and it's just knowing the word of God. It's knowing that what God has done and what he is doing in our lives. See, when we look at the world or we look at our own selves or our own strength, it is discouraging if we just see us, but we need to see God in us. We need to see what he has done for us, the love that he has for us. If I'm plugged into the love of God, and I am experiencing his love, I can love myself. And when I can love myself, I can love others. But if I'm looking at myself, and I'm listening to the voices in my head telling me that I'm not good enough, and that I'm a failure, and I'm not smart enough, and all this stuff, then guess what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be depressed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm not going to have the ability to love or be uh, able to encourage or help others. And so we need to control our tongues, and that's a big thing for all of us. In James 3, verse 1, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn whenever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark and a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself when you find yourself speaking the wrong thing. You know, we can be, I, I find nowadays a lot of people are sarcastic. And we hear a lot of sarcasm in media and, and the, comp, uh, you know, on comedy shows, and, and that sarcasm can get into us, where we become sarcastic with our husbands, sarcastic with our kids, sarcastic with our wives, and we end up saying demeaning things. You know, Rick and I just recently came back. We went to Pigeon Forge. We uh, drove down there with uh, Ted and Gloria Uke and had a wonderful trip down, and we drove down in two days. We took two days to get there and um, but on the way back rick and i had to get up early in the morning and drive the whole trip back on the same day by ourselves because ted and gloria were going off on to uh, california and so when you drive eight or nine hours in one day with your husband how many know you're going to have opportunities to flip your switch and um, and so i'm going to tell this funny little story uh, just an example of how easy it is for us to get irritated and become antagonistic. Like one of the things um, when we drive, Pastor Rick likes to tell other people how to drive and uh, or he'll make comments sometimes and you know, he's gotten a lot better than that, than this now. But I mean on that drive, there was a couple times he'd say, he'd say something like, where did all these cars come from? And so I like to say something sarcastic back like, I don't know, do you want me to go ask them? (laughs) Right? You know, like, we, we say little things like this, and, and, like, we can say silly things, but there was one point when we were getting gas at a Costco's and, in, near Cincinnati, and um, and so he wanted to go to a Dillard store, and he knew there was one somewhere on the way back, and he wanted me to Google it on the, you know, on the GPS to see where it was. And so he said, do that while I'm getting gas. So I'm in the car, and he had left the car running so I could Google this, uh, to find out where this Dillard's store was. So I'm Googling it and I'm almost there. I didn't say flip the switch. <laughs> <laughs> that maybe they're trying to tell me to flip it right now. I don't know. But anyway, um, <laughs> so the car's running and I Google, you know, where this Dillard's is and I'm just about ready to press the button where it is. I just about find it. When he jumps in the car and turns the car off. So I lose the whole thing that I just spent five minutes trying to find and, because you have to go through this whole process to find us. So then I said to him fairly nicely, you know what, you just turned the car off right when I got it. He said, oh, I'm sorry, I had to do something. So he gets back out, turns the car and he gets back out. And so then I Google it again and I find it and I'm just about ready to get it in again. And when he comes back in and turns the car off a second time. This time I should have flipped the switch, but I didn't right away. And so, I, I just kind of looked at him and I said, do you know how much time that cost me? What did you, you tell me to Google this for if you're just going to keep shutting it off, shutting the car off every time I'm about to get it? So, I started saying something, and so, though he said, oh, are you upset at me? And um, so, I'm like, yes, I am, and, you know, and I started saying something, and then all of a sudden, I realized I need to flip the switch right? I need to flip the switch. And so sometimes you start to get into something and maybe you'll even be into an argument or a discussion and you need to, you need to stop right there and say it's time to flip the switch. Because if you don't flip the switch, it's going to be a full blown argument and then you're not going to have a pleasant day. And so, you know, I want to have pleasant days. I want to have good days. I want to enjoy my husband, not be in strife with him all the time and so but that's my choice right i have a choice of how i respond to the things he does that might irritate me and and he has a choice to respond to the things that i do that would irritate him and one of the things that i irritate him a lot in is that i don't flip the switch literally enough in fact he's one of those people he likes lights out all the time if you're not in the room turn the lights out and I tend to forget sometimes to turn them off, and um, I, I just tease him. Well, I like light better than darkness, but you know, um, <laughs> but you know that can be a, that can be a point of contention for him towards me, right? And we all do things when we live with somebody or when we're in close relationships with people. There's going to be things we do that irritate each other. That's just normal. That happens to all of us. And so we have to learn to flip the switch in those situations where we have to bite our tongue sometimes and ask ourselves, how important is this? Is this worth an argument over? Is this worth being critical and, and, and you know, non-affirming over? And so we need to look at those things and change our attitudes in our relationships. Amen? Are you getting anything out of this? You know, it all boils down to looking at the cross. And I love Proverbs uh, 4. It's one of my favorite Proverbs, but I believe it's in verse 24. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. See, when we speak negative criticism and we're constantly, you know, nagging or, or just saying things out of anger and frustration, then we're we will, t- we will say things we shouldn't say, right? And that's corrupt speech. That's perverse speech. And we're not directing or guarding our hearts the way we should be. So it says, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Make out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe path. The safe path is flicking your switch and speaking what you should say in light of the kingdom of light, not what you want to say that lines up with the kingdom, uh, kingdom of darkness. And that's what God wants. Um, the Word of God tells us in Proverbs 18, 20 to 21, it says, wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. So we're going to either reap the consequences of speaking the right thing or the negative things right? If you want a good marriage, you want good kids, you want good relationships, speak good things. If you want bad ones, then be critical and negative and and put them down and, you know, don't listen to them and cut them off and all of that, then you're going to have negative things. And all you have to do is flip the switch. That's all you have to do. But you have to be connected to the power source, which is God. Proverbs 13.3 says, Those who control their tongues will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. How true that is, right? It's just learning to flip your switch before you say those nasty words. Before you say those things that could hurt somebody and cause complaining. You know... This happens in so many areas of our lives, and God has given us power and authority through our words. We're made in his image and likeness, and the Bible tells us that everything that we see, he spoke into being. His words are so powerful, he just has to say it, and it happens. You know, in Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning was God, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. We need to be saying every day when we go to flip the switch, let there be light let there be light, let there be light coming up and light will dispel the darkness. Light will dispel the demons. Light will dispel the hatred and the anger and the corruption and all of the things that that try to take over our lives and ruin our relationships. So we need to speak life. God has given us authority. He's given us power, creative power. The words we speak are powerful and they will shape our lives. They will shape our lives, and they will shape our relationships, and they will make a difference in everything we do. And we have to say things sometimes over and over and just stop the negative self-talk. Stop the criticism. Stop the sarcasm. Stop the gossip. Stop the things that are, those things are eating away at your life. And they're keeping you from the life God has for you. And he's given you the power. He's given you the authority. He's given you the ability. He's given you the power in him, if we just plug into him, to flip our switch and to change the course of any situation, to be either a blessing or to be a curse. It's our choice what we do. It's our choice what our relationships are like. And you may say, well, I'm married to somebody that they're so negative and they're this and they're that. You know what? So what? You start speaking the right things. Maybe your kids are wreaking havoc. Start speaking the right things. And it may take a while. It may take time. But God will give you the power and the ability to change things around in your life. You're the light of the world. We need to let our light shine. Amen? That's what God is calling us to do. We're the light bearers. And if corruption and perverse things and negative and complaining, you know, if we're just constantly speaking against everything, like the weather and our jobs and how we feel or don't feel or what this person did or that person didn't do, then we're bringing darkness into relationships because we're criticizing and condemning rather than looking for the good and the blessing and really loving the people in our lives even though they're not perfect. Amen? Because none of them are perfect and neither are you right? That's why the Bible says love others as we want to be loved. Do you want people constantly criticizing you and all that's wrong with you? Or do you want them to speak and notice what you do right and what you do good and to appreciate that? Amen. We all need to do that. We all need to learn that. And, uh, you know, I was raised in a home where my mother loved you by criticizing you. And so some of you are like that. You're, you know, your environment, you grew up in affected how you are. And you have to fight even harder than if somebody was affirming in your life. And so we all have to look at ourselves and look at why we're saying what we're doing. And if we're confident in God and if we know we're loved by God and we know who we are in Christ, it's a lot easier to speak good than evil. Amen? And if we're not speaking good and we're constantly seeing evils coming out of our mouth or negativities coming out of our mouth, that's a good indication something's wrong in our relationship with God. And we're not really seeing God for who he is or experiencing the love that he has for us. And we're allowing the things of this world to dominate us, what other people think, rather than what God thinks. Amen. Let's all stand up. So what are we going to do today? We're going to be flipping switches, right? (laughs) We're going to flip our switch. And you're going to have opportunity today. You know, the other day we went to a restaurant and... um, I didn't really want to go to this restaurant. Just to give you another example, because it's these little things that make a difference. But my husband, he loves using coupons. And um, so he, you know, he goes to restaurants where he knows we can get a good deal. And I appreciate that about him. And most of the time, that's a really positive thing. But every now and then, you go to a restaurant that's not that great. And uh, the other day, we went to one, and I didn't particularly like it. And everything in me wanted to complain about that restaurant. I wanted to complain about the food. I wanted to complain about the restaurant. And right away, I thought, flip the switch. Flip the switch. Be grateful that you get to go eat in a restaurant. Be grateful that we have food in our stomachs. Be grateful for what God has blessed us with. Be grateful that I have a husband that's good with money. Because I'm not as good as him with money. And uh, I, we'd probably be in trouble if I was in charge of, the, <laughs> in charge of uh, what we do with all our money. And, uh, and so, you know what, it's, so, it's something we need to do. We need to look inside ourselves and say, I need to flip the switch. I need to be grateful for things today. So let's go and let's pray right now. And if you have had an area in your life where you know you've been speaking the wrong thing, whether criticizing and nagging your husband or your wife or your children or some other things in your life or people in your life, This is the time to get it right with God and ask God forgiveness. So Father, we come to you right now because Jesus laid down his life for us and he said to do this in remembrance of that, of the cost it was to reconcile us to you, God, so that we could be like you, so that we could be the light bearers in this world. And forgive us, Father, where we've allowed darkness in. Forgive us, Father, where we've not flipped our switch, but we've allowed just the circumstances or the negative things to focus on those rather than the blessings that you've blessed us with and ask you to cleanse our hearts and help us, Father, to see the light and be the light that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name.